Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right. And it's from this understanding and with an abundance of caution do we acknowledge that there are extreme circumstances in which a divorce would be warranted, such as domestic violence or extreme violence towards others, like someone is a terrorist. All right. Uh, Re- remember, for a guy, I hate divorce, yes. says the Lord. Yeah. All right. He hates it. Uh-huh. All right. Just because you can do it don't mean it's 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 favored. Exactly. Right. To, to divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, said the Lord of heaven's armies. Mm-hmm. Right. So so sometimes in Western vernacular, we tend to we don't really have the reverence attached to the word Lord because mm-hmm. we don't run around calling people Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like in ancient times, mm-hmm. you know, where women would would call men Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Or feudal lords in Japan, mm. right? Or I mean, I guess we got landlords, but we don't right. go. But we call them managers nowadays, apartment right. managers or whatever. Right. We, don't, we don't go to apartment manager and say, "Yes, landlord," right? You know, right? But um, the thing about it is, when it really stood out to me, the reason why I used the reason why I used the um, New Living Translation because it spelled it out a little bit differently. That kind of impacted me. First right. of all, you know, I said the Lord of Heaven's armies Mm -hmm. you know i'm i was in the military i get it right i I get the structure i get the command i get the the context of military right so when you say someone someone he's the lord of heaven's army there's a certain level of respect there a certain level of awe of reverence of you know (laughs) you're not power you're not just gonna walk up on a four-star general like not gonna happen you know, so that's that's the kind of mentality we want to approach the idea of getting a divorce, wow. right? Like you gonna go to the general mm-hmm. and, and just get a judge for just for anything, and get a good divorce just for anything. Absolutely. Like, and again, yeah. I think I talked about it earlier, but to overwhelm her with cruelty—that looks like a murder scene. It's bloody. It's gruesome. That and that's what happens when a divorce takes place. I mean, the, the you, you can look at things like the two shall become one, cleaving to your wife, joining together. Yep. You ever rip something apart? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not. It, it's something that's glued together. Think about gluing something, a piece of paper to another piece of paper, and you rip it apart. It's never a clean rip. It's, it's never messy. a clean rip. It's messy. It's kind of like those uh th- those cheap 3M strips. You try to hang up a picture. You get those you get those cheap knockoffs and you try to hang up a picture on the wall and you try to rip it down because you try to move. Mm-hmm. You got half the paint coming down. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> it's a mess. It is a mess. We're moving on from there. So let's talk about what the Bible had to say about, you know, divorce and what happens after that. So the first thing is to reconcile. All right. Let me get this one. Yep. First Corinthians chapter seventeen through eleven. New King James Version. Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, a wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or to be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. And the, the, and the, the implication there just for any reason. 
Right, right. And, and Paul, is, he's referring to Jesus. He says, not I, but the Lord said. So he's just repeating what Jesus said. Yep. Lines up. Yep. So that's pretty straightforward and simple. The second option is to remain celibate, hmm. right? So Matthew, we see this in Matthew nineteen eleven through 12, New King James Version. But he said to them, all cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are three eunuchs, for there are eunuchs who are born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom's sake, for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Mm-hmm. And that word eunuch means, you know, a bedkeeper or a bed guard. It's kind of like a um, historical meaning to it. Like when kings, you know, queen, the time of kings and queens, where you have a king chamber and then really the queen chamber and slash, you know, harem of woman. And the eunuchs would, would keep, you know, be a bedkeeper, mm-hmm. a bed guard, a superintendent of the bed chamber, mm-hmm. chamberlain in the place of oriental uh, monarchs who support numerous wives. You know, it's really that kind of idea, mm-hmm. right? But they were also, you know, they 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 wouldn't be sexually active. No. They, you're talking about someone who doesn't have that desire mm-hmm. to be sexually active. Either either naturally they don't have that desire or, you know, some of the parts, they've been euthanized, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Not euthanized is the wrong word. Um, I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> not, not put down like a dog. Yeah. You know, but... Um, I knew what you meant. You, you, castrated. Castrated. Yes. Shut down. Uh, yes. But, um, yeah, totally off game here. And in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, the in, in, in the uh, broader context anyway, Paul is addressing questions that people have about sex. And on one end, he's saying sex is not sinful get married but be married to one individual be pure but on the other hand it's okay to abstain from sex if god has given you the gift to abstain just as he was at the time then abstain from sex and devote yourself fully to the lord it's not sinful it's okay that you don't desire to be married and be sexually active but you desire to fully serve the lord it's yep. okay yes it is and then third option, which is the most um, thorny of the options, is remarriage. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll take this one. So mm-hmm. Matthew in nineteen chapter of uh, chapter nineteen, verse seven through nine, New King James Version. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, and here's why I reinserted the exception clause. And I say to you, who whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality mm-hmm. and marriage, another commits adultery and whoever marries her who would divorce Commit commits adultery, adultery. Yeah. so sexual morality mm-hmm. is the exception clause that constitutes grounds for remarriage yes not divorce yes right so that's why i had to pull it out mm-hmm. so that way you see it in its <clears throat> full context right mm-hmm. so you can like it so when someone asked me like so so and so um had a had a divorce or so and so is um is being you know having an affair or whatever well that's not necessarily grounds for divorce right you can get a divorce because of the hardness of our hearts right mm. or you know but that constitutes grounds for remarriage mm. not for divorce mm-hmm. right 
oftentimes we misread the passage to mean that we can only get a divorce when or when or because sexual immorality is present. That's not the case. Mm. Again, divorce is a merciful concession for the weakness of our hearts so that we might live apart and serve the Lord. Jesus follows up his celibate, this statement clarifying celibacy. In other words, it's not permissible to remarry if either spouse have not committed sexual immorality. Right. And that's the key thing here, mm-hmm. right, in, 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 this, in this particular option here. Right. So it's real narrow, you know, right. when it comes to biblical divorce. Um, I should have a blank there. But it's real narrow when it comes to biblical divorce and um, what you can do after that after that happens. Right. In yeah. the same uh, chapter, First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, Paul says that if the unbeliever wants to leave, he said, "Let him go, for God has called you to peace." Yes. And that word for separate it means divorce. If they want to divorce you, let them go. So Paul's saying, "This person wants to divorce you, let them go. God has called you to peace." So yep. to say that divorce is never an option would be to say that what Paul is saying is wrong. And clearly Paul's being led by the spirit. But here's the thing though. And I had to come to the conclusion of this is we still have to stand on what Christ said. If there's no sexual immorality involved, then though you may have gotten a divorce there, that's not grounds for remarriage, you know? So you got your three options. Yeah. And that's also known as some people call it, call it the abandonment clause. Yeah. I've heard that. That's how I heard it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, like you said, like just because someone leaves you doesn't mean that you're allowed to remarry. Right. You know, people mean well. I get right. it. You're lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're having desires and people in that context would misuse scripture mm-hmm. by saying, well, you're burning with lust. So you should go ahead and get married. Right. But the greater context is that, no, you already were married and your husband or your wife just deserted you. Mm-hmm. Right. So... Now, now, now this uh, allows you to be more effective for the kingdom, yep. which it, which is the key to God has called you to peace. Yeah, you're you're living peacefully, and you have the who is a peace giver. Exactly, you have the ability now to, uh, and we see that within the context of that chapter too, with being able to fully serve God. He says the single individual can devote themselves to the Lord; they're focused on the Lord. Yep. But the married, the person who's married, their passions are divided. Imagine how much more your passions are divided if you're with an individual that is not on one accord with you and doesn't want to serve the Lord. Then Paul doubles down on that and says, those of you who are married, live as though you're not married. He's not saying you're not married or don't consider your spouse, but that the time is short. We have work. Consider what your focus is. Yes, exactly. You know, like, take out, like, one thing that was really instrumental to me was we took out a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and we wrote down all the things that our hobbies, all the things we like to do on one side of the paper, and then on the other side of the paper, we wrote down what are the things are we doing for God? Man, it was a short list. <laughs> yes, yikes indeed. I'm like, ouch, shout that out, hurt. Shout out to the people who were uh, humble and honest about that paper too because yeah. everybody ain't going to do that. They'll have a uh-huh. long list over You ain't doing all that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you can't make this stuff up. No. You know, can you come, come back and check you? Yeah. Oh, you get water to homeless when? When? <laughs> <laughs> you know so so yeah like like yeah, and, and that's what that's what kind of spurred me on you know early on in my christian walk was like once i was able to see that mm-hmm. on the paper i'm like wow you can hide behind that mm-hmm. you know 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like try to at least get to break even point and then you know tip the scales mm-hmm. you know so all it's right. a process you know that's what all sanctification right. is about all right and we're going to talk about that later in another episode and we're we're going through these things and um as uh raymond would always say parsing through these things <laughs> um because there's a lot of misunderstanding with divorce number one the biggest thing is people um teach that it's just never an option yes it's not an option you cannot get a divorce yes and it, I would go as far as to say that that is sinful to be saying something like that that does not line up with the scriptures. Yeah, because like we said, like Jesus had the perfect opportunity to outlaw it. Mm-hmm. He, he like when when the Pharisees were testing him, he could have easily been like, "Nope, thou shalt not get a divorce. Exactly. Don't worry about it." Exactly. Or Paul wouldn't say, uh, "Let the individual go who doesn't want to stay in the marriage." Because what they would teach is, um, and when I say they, I'm saying what people normally teach is, no, don't let that person go. You need to fight. You need to keep them. You need to, don't let them go, man. Let them go. That's what uh, Paul said. You've been called to peace. This person does not want to be with you. And this is why the whole (laughs) counsel of God is needed for instruction and Mm -hmm. reproof Mm -hmm. so the man of God can be able to stand. Exactly. Right? And um, Know what the word says. So, so we don't want to have the idea that we're just doing this episode just because we we no, this is not a fun thing to do. There's plenty of other things we could be doing with our time on a Saturday right now. Mm. It's a nice day outside right now. Like I could be playing frisbee with my son right now, but we're here with my daughter right now. You know, but we're here talking about things of God. We want to make sure that you have a complete understanding of what is actually written, Absolutely. because oftentimes it's not taught this way. Absolutely. So, yep. Let's talk about redemption, because that's, that's, that's the other reason why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, step one, seek God, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Hebrews eleven six, New King James Version. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he knows, for he knows who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, all right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you've been through a divorce, for whatever reason, seek God. You know, whether it's your fault or not, mm-hmm. you know, the, not, we're not here to assign blame. Mm-hmm. We're not here to assign assign guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here to be ministers of reconciliation, mm-hmm. you know, and God wants to have a relationship with you no matter what you've been through or really in spite of what you've been through. Right. Mm-hmm. Or are going through this very moment. Right. And. Uh... And and I would add, um, Paul says that um, if if we know the right thing to do and fail to do it, then for us it is sin. Mm-hmm. But I want to say to the individual who has experienced a divorce in the past, and this may be new information to them, Jesus was having a conversation with a woman at the well, and we talked about this in the past episode, yep. and he told her that the man you're living with is not your husband. <laughs> Look, I know what you're doing. It's, in fact, you've had five. Yeah. But he still extends salvation to her. Yep. And so divorce and even affairs and even sexual immorality is not unforgivable. There is still access to Christ. His blood does cover even those sins. So it's not the unforgivable sin as some yep. treat it. But I would also say, as I was saying, if you are a believer and you have made that vow, it's Especially if you with a person that is a believer, don't go get no divorce for no any reason. Yep. And you know what the word says, you've made a vow, be faithful to your vow. Christ is faithful to us even when we are faithless, he remains faithful and we are to be imitators of him. So be faithful to your your vows. Yep. 
And step two, confess out your sins. Mm-hmm. So First John 1, 8 through 10, New King James Version again. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So pretty straightforward. You know, we got to confess out our sins. Yep. Keep it real. Move on. Next one. And then the last thing is believe Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is John three fourteen through 16, New Living Translation this time. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how we, this is how God loved the world. He gave his only one he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Mm-hmm. And we must be the same way. If he didn't come into the world to condemn, then we don't condemn. Yep. So if you've experienced a divorce, there is still room for you within the kingdom. And I know at least from uh, Raymond and I, we're not going to treat you like a felon. No. We're not going to treat you like you have a felony attached to you. Or like you got cooties. Exactly. If God would extend that love, compassion, and mercy to you and extend that salvation to you as an unbeliever, we do. And even as a brother in Christ, there is forgiveness. Yes. Amen. Or sister in Christ. Amen. 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 Um, so I guess I forgot my little summary slide, but oh, you know, you know, but yeah, um, I like to just recap what we talked about anyway, in case any ideas come up. But anyways, you know, we talked about, um, yeah, words, words are serious. Yeah. It's words are serious. Words are binding. Yes. You know, divorce is merciful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, three steps. After you get a divorce. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, we hope this leaves you with, you know, some idea of the full context. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you like what you're hearing, hit the like, hit the subscribe, you know, follow us on the social media. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you, you know. Spread the word. What this man said. <laughs> again, it shows Ray Tucker and Jay Jones. And we are out of here. <laughs>